0: Why is seminary so expensive?
1: No expense, no expense.
0: At Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, we are committed to the reform of theological education toward meeting the needs of churches across the globe. Men of God cannot serve their churches well if they are burdened with tens of thousands of dollars in student loans from seminary. Tens of thousands of dollars. At CBTS, you can receive a robust theological education for nearly four times less than other institutions. To find out more about how you can receive an accredited theological degree at a cost that you can afford, visit cbtseminary.org.
1: Welcome to Confessing the Faith, a theological and devotional walk through the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. I'm your host, Sam Waldron. I'm one of the pastors of Grace Reformed Baptist Church in Owensboro, Kentucky, and president of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. In this conversation about chapter 13 of the confession, I want to continue to pursue the question of how the Christian is to prosecute or engage in the work of sanctification. How does one go about prosecuting the task Of becoming holy. What does one do to that end? Some teach that this involves no more than the passive activities of reckoning and yielding. But is that correct? The following comments are intended to answer that question. The basic activities which the Word of God demands of us in the prosecution of ongoing sanctification, in my view, can be summarized under two headings. Confident reckoning, and strenuous working. The first thing we must do is confidently reckon that what God says has happened in the life of his people is true for us. We must believingly survey what God has done and will do for us in Christ. Romans six eleven is the classic passage here. It says, reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. John Murray very helpfully explains the meaning of this command. What is commanded needs to be carefully noted. We are not commanded to become dead to sin and alive to God. These are presupposed. And it is not by reckoning these things to be facts that they become facts. The force of the imperative is that we are to reckon with and appreciate the facts which are already obtained by virtue of union with Christ. The promise of the Bible. End quote. The promise of the Bible is that those who believe in Christ and repent of their sins are joined to Christ and become part of His new creation. The powers of the age to come of the age to come have been made operative in them. Sovereign grace is unleashed in their lives. Paul is exhorting us to count these things so. By faith. This is the first thing he tells these believers to do in regard to sanctification. Similar commands are found in 1 Peter 4, 1 and 2, and Romans thirteen fourteen, which tells us, for instance, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That's the force. Paul's frequent reminders of the Christian's new situation also indicate the importance of such a perspective. Uh, we are not under the law, we're under grace, Romans six 14, 7. We're no longer married to the law, we're married to Christ that can bear fruit to God. See also Colossians 2, 9 to 12, and verse 20 in Colossians 3, 1 to 3. Such a perspective is crucial if the Christians to face as powerful and fierce enemies in the battle for holiness. If confident reckoning was the only activity God called on us to perform in sanctification, then we might think that the passive Keswick view of sanctification was right. The problem is that the New Testament does not stop where they stop.